हेलो इंडियंस वेलकम टू द फर्स्ट एपिसोड ऑफ वाई इंडिया विल नेवर बिकम अ सुपर पावर माय नेम इज गिरीश कुमार अ ब्रीफ इंट्रोडक्शन अबाउट माय सेल्फ आई से आई वुड स्टार्ट एवरी एपिसोड विथ हेलो इंडियंस बिकॉज दिस पॉडकास्ट इज मोस्टली डिरेक्टेड टू इंडियंस अबाउट इंडियंस अबाउट हाउ इंडिया फंक्शन एज अ कंट्री एंड माई परस्पेक्टिव एंड माई फ्यूचर गेस्ट परस्पेक्टिव ऑफ इंडिया my name is girish kumar i am an indian but i have been called an anti indian a half indian a a b c d which roughly translates to american born confused indian a confused desi rather the funniest part about that term is i am not born in america i don't have a fake accent i was born in chennai tamil nadu india to a middle class family of engineers and i graduated in india i did all of my schooling in india and like every other middle class engineering indian i did my masters in america and now i work as a automation or controls engineer um my perspective and notion for starting this podcast is to discuss my inhibitions with how i view india as a country and how badly we have failed in my favorite indian president's perspective or vision of uh creating a superpower version of india i never thought that was in the works or there was any uh guidelines or vision put through to make that happen but maybe now with this podcast we would have a way to address those issues or see why india in my opinion would never become what i see as a superpower we have with us my father in law who i consider to be a intellectual and he is a post doctorate phd uh, i'm going to address keep addressing him as mama because that's how you address your father in law in my native tongue tamil so mama if you like to introduce yourself please thank you dr grish mr grish uh, i thank you very much for giving me the opportunity mm-hmm. to talk as a first person in the first episode to introduce myself i am dr kalaimani i am a retired principal scientist from central fisheries icar central to brackish water aquaculture from chennai Uh, i came here to for babysitting work actually right so and let's talk about that briefly so i think for the most part this podcast would be uh, more about introductions and giving a perspective of who the voices are going to be for this podcast at least for the first few episodes so as i said before i am on a h1b visa in america and uh, with me being on an h1b visa and with me uh with me uh being a newly <laughs> yes daughter daughter yeah my my daughter yes my mama is uh, indicating that uh, my daughter is the american citizen so now i have a bigger direction to push as to where i pursue my future because ideally i want to come back to india i love my country i i think i love my country but i don't like the way my country is projecting itself or uh moving i don't like i have 
fundamental issues with uh, how India sees itself and how Indians see themselves. I, I see their core value systems being governed by uh, systems like politics, religion, and uh, subclasses like caste, which is what today's episode is going to be about. So when I say caste, Mama, what, what do you define? How do you define caste? See, they have divided in the long history way, way back to, if you go way back, they have divided us by caste system only. Some four castes and Hindu, especially in Hindu religion, they have divided uh, Hindus by four Kshatriyas, Sutras, Brahmins and the upper caste, like that they have divided. And uh, so much uh, downtrodden people and they have to do that work according to the caste only. And they have divided like that. So what you are defining is they as in the rulers or the society at a different point in Indian history defined a person's caste based on the family or the occupation of that family. Yes, true. Okay. Yes, it's true. By based on the occupation, they have they they have allotted some people to do the same the particular type of work. Right. And only one set of upper caste. They say they have emerged from God, and other from others are from foot foot of God or something like that. Some I have not very much. So there is a hierarchy. As with any system, there is a hierarchy, and from what I gather, different castes fall into different hierarchies. Yes, and. Uh, I come into this with a outside perspective because I have been shielded from most of what the caste system is in India. Uh, I have been lucky to be born in a urban city like Chennai and uh, the caste system was somewhat almost always hidden away from me and I, it, it, to be entirely honest, I have been actively avoiding the system because I've always felt like that is not something that you need to address or something that is good for society, or something that would be helpful to me. Uh, at no point in my life, I feel like the caste system has presented itself to be a problem until now, where I look at how the country is moving and how we are not a superpower yet. And when I talk to uh, my coworkers here who happen to be Americans, Mexicans, Canadians, or Europeans, they seem to have a fundamental uh, hesitancy when it comes to why India is still holding on to this tradition of caste system. So I understand how caste system is defined and how caste system may have had value with how people and society aligned itself to different occupations. What value or why do you think we have a caste system in India right now? The caste system has been followed long back, as I have already told. See, I'm first, I am proud to be a Tamilian first, right. then as an Indian. Right. See, since I am from Tamil Nadu, right. see, way back, even in the British rules, the rulers themselves had placed some castes as scheduled castes. They have placed the, some castes under schedule, this thing, and they are scheduled, and now they are called as scheduled castes, especially they get more uh, reservation and all. The next stage, next hierarchy, comes the other backward class. Then forward class. See, actually, 
the so-called forward people are forming 3% of the total Indian population. And they are only ruling. 97% of the posts are all are occupied by them, 3% of the people, and others are being allowed to suffer. In Tamil Nadu, uh, many leaders fought to so for social reformation, they fought very much. And now Tamil Nadu is free from almost casteism is slowly going down. Okay. I am very happy about that. Okay. But in, in India, this is a thing going on. And now again, they may, it's going like that. Right. So we take, so in your opinion, you feel that going back to caste system or relying on caste system is a bad thing? Yes, sure. Okay. Sure, sure. Right. I, am, I am against caste system right. only. But we are forced to follow and oppose the upper caste because of suppression we had. We have been suppressed for long. And but for the revolution brought about by the Tamil Nadu leaders, see, even myself and you, or my daughter would not have come up like that. Right. We would have been suppressed and we would not have got education even. Now it is going like that only. Now some rules are there, some... The, the, the way education system see up to say six fifth they are going to conduct exam so that if he fails he has to go and do his work say if he is a cobbler family he has to do cobbler or if he has to do agriculture agriculture they are not allowed allowed to do allowed to educate themselves okay to occupy higher positions so help me understand this I understand that social reforms were made in Tamil Nadu to move away from the caste system yes sure. So, and you also seem to imply that the education system is one major aspect of how uh, the caste system plays a role. Yes, sure. So, consider a OBC individual. What actual restrictions were posed on a OBC individual from moving from, as per your example, grade 5 to grade 6 or 5th standard to 6th standard? Were there any real impositions? How do those impositions stand as of today? Do they have any relevance to how the know. education system is presenting uh, itself today? The existing systems allowed only common examination at 10th or 12th. Why they are, they are bringing that uh, common education system in 5th standard itself? I don't know. They say that it is to filter people, filter students, not to come up. So fifth standard means common exam, they may uh, they may leave, leave the school and go to his place. If he, if he, the tendency of the student is that if he fails means that's all, he is dejected and he leaves the school and all this. Right. So you feel that the common exam or a public fifth grade exam is uh, raising the quality of education which is uh, proving to be a hindrance to they, average students or they think raising the quality of education they with the aim of raising the quality of education they think that they have they were they should have exams at fifth and eighth and three three stages i don't know how far it will work but for low, low uh, what is it underprivileged people underprivileged people it is very difficult so Okay, let's dissect that uh, very briefly and then we can move on from this topic. So, the topic that we're talking about is the public education system or a highly competitive 
public exam for the fifth grade. How would the caste system or uh, underprivileged people be disadvantaged by a more competitive exam, in your opinion? See, in an agricultural family, that father and they would have not been educated that much. Right. That under uh, he is naturally underprivileged. Right. His son becoming a yes uh, means it is a very great thing. Even even now we are praising you no know, some people come out like that and they are being uh, uh, popularized like anything and uh, they get all. Uh, so from what uh, you say, uh, sorry to rephrase what you're saying, and if I'm misrepresenting you, please stop me. Mm-hmm. So your uh, uh, perspective is there is such a big uh, divide between how well the uh, people from higher classes perform in these competitive exams to a person from a underprivileged class that you feel like this is amplifying the problem of how big that diversion is and this is discouraging people from underprivileged classes to pursue education as an option to drive out of uh, their you know current state is see, that a true statement see for example mm-hmm. see those who get education uh, say padmasheshatri or higher uh, very graded schools mm-hmm. they get they get top themselves and get a higher position they come they get they pass through neat or other competitive examination very easily not a laborer son or an agricultural son can do like that they have to do uh, study study in the government high schools only and from for government high schools only recently tamil nadu government reserved 7.5% seats exclusively for government uh, school educated the students to get for admission to mbbs if they are qualified in the need they will get exclusively uh, admission under 7.5 quota okay. it is uh, it is just like that only social reformation is being brought right so i'm i'm glad that we naturally went into the field of education because reservations has always been another topic which is very closely tied to the caste system of the indian society so let me give you my perspective first and then i'll pose this question to you in my humble opinion i feel like the caste system does not have a place in the indian society having said that um do you feel that the divide in the competitiveness of a student or the ability of the student or his capacity to perform well in a public or highly competitive exam be it the fifth grade uh, public exam or the neat exam be solely driven or a majority factor of how his uh, acumen is developed for that exam be defined by his caste not the caste social status social status social status is also defined by caste right <laughs> yeah. so that's the reason a little bit of both but you feel like caste is a very good distinction of how the social status of a person is defined okay mm-hmm. okay so that we can very much naturally which is very apparent no which is it is very so open right we can see that criticism to this ideas uh, provide anecdotal evidences of how there are poor or poor performing students from the forward class w- what is your opinion on that how do we underprivileged the people who are not able to perform who are not on this reserved category 
aren't we providing a natural hindrance to the people who are from the forward class no it is not so see the percentage of passes if you take they are more in number only okay. when we conduct a open exam see neat only showed for the from for some two or three years back neat exam showed the proved this so so many could not come up in qualify in neat exam probably tamil nadu syllabus was also a reason for that and cbse so many people who can afford to do cbse they they only got admission in neat easily compared to that state board education education state board education means only underprivileged and other people only go for that the upper caste or the, the socially yeah, elevated people go for cbse and those who have status or body they go for the cbse and they get through the exam very easily right so i, I take that point i i feel like that is just a natural hierarchy of how any society is aligning itself let's take a society let's take a school in michigan there are good schools there are bad schools there are good neighborhoods with good publicly funded schools and there are bad neighborhoods with publicly funded schools the performance of each school or the ranking of each school is defined by the performance of the students and the facilities provided to them Different. and it's very obvious like you said that we see how more privileged neighborhoods have a better ranking than underprivileged neighborhoods and but that is not defined by a caste system so what i feel honestly is we are holding on to this antiquated system which is defined by your birth which does not define your social status it's not we can't say like that also uh, i am not just you can repeat one so what i'm saying is mama what we should define as a uh, competitiveness is their actual acumen mm. if a person scores competitiveness yeah the competitiveness of a student should be defined strictly by his performance yes sure so why do you feel the need to distinctively divide students based on their caste when you say that you would want to provide a advantage to socially disadvantaged people so wouldn't that automatically classify all the forward class people as being uh advantages by default and all the uh, uh let's say backward class uh, people be disadvantaged i don't feel that that is a honest uh, perspective i feel like that is a projection on how you see the forward class and the backwards class the surrounding only the atmosphere those so underprivileged people get is not comparable to that surrounding the upper class upper uh, socially upper upper, upper uh, Uh, the classified okay. students get okay that's why they they they, they should both if they, both are given the same opportunities they will be the competitiveness but they, you can very well say it is not comparable okay. the upper the yeah, privileged people get the the type of education they get right. and the underprivileged the type of education they get in the schools and all right. it is totally very very so your argument is the the school's culture the family culture yes. the value system of the upper class gives them a natural advantage sure. yes okay that's it so uh, i take that point and uh, i would like to move on to another argument 
do the cast the role caste systems play in education let's say you approach you have an issue you approach an engineer you have a health issue you approach a doctor you look at the performance of the doctor you look at the performance and the acumen of the engineer why would a reserve system advantage people who are not at the top tier of that performance class so when you buy a car you want to make sure you have the best car you don't want to buy the car which is made by a backward class or a underprivileged class just because he is in the backward class i i feel like this site this type of infrastructure has been developed uh, with the good notions but the end outcome would be the performance or the actual gradient score a student gets See, naturally you yourself is a example okay you are from the middle middle class family see both of us right we can say yep how we have come up have we not signed did we not compete with the other people also and come up given a chance they will definitely they can compete and all they want to suppress and we have been suppressed and now only we are slowly coming up and we could get to positions this is you we are the examples for that okay actually okay so okay. am i clear so your, your point i think is we have been advantaged by this so we should be grateful to the system that is bad which so my opinion is again i'll i'll, I'll reiterate myself i i feel that the caste system is antiquated right now as in it is out of date or we don't need the caste system anymore what we should look at is providing advantages to the underprivileged based on their socio economic condition that's why the reservation played a role there just to lift up them only there is see about 50 percentages were 50 seats are going for upper class means the other 50 should not uh, they should not take all the 100 at least 50 they should come up and the 50 should go up like that only now the reservation only they through reservation only they are being brought up otherwise it is not possible till i am not no i i take your point but i'm i'm trying to uh, rephrase my question so that i so i understand that education is a right i understand that education has been uh, something that a lot of societies view as a basic value yes sure yep. education only gives by am a student all uh, the, the his life based on education only and his future is depending uh, depend uh, upon uh, dependent on his future, uh, education only education background only he can come up yep mm. so and even in the most capitalist country in the world like america education or public education is is a uh, communistic uh, implementation mm-hmm. so even though america is mostly capitalist in most of all of what it uh, deploys itself education is a communist uh implementation education is a public system so let's take that as a bracket my my projection of how this should be deployed is based on the socio economic situation and not the caste system so mm, when what... we identify a problem based on this caste uh prism or caste filter we stick to an antiquated value which is inherently it was inherently used to divide indians the caste system even though 
it was something that was present in the Indian society before the Britishers came in. I feel that it was inherently used to keep the Indian society divided. And I still feel that the politicians of today are using that caste system to divide Indians and to uh, involve themselves in, uh, you know, uh, lip service to their caste and to the opposite caste to keep our minds occupied and, you know, divert our attention from the actual issue i agree with you politicians also do a play do play their role in dividing the society right. but socio economic and casteism are both related only i i feel probably that now they have recently reserved some 10% for the so upward socio economically backward upper class they passed in no time and they passed the legislation and they implemented in no time but people are asking to raise the quota and they are not at all giving the 20% quota for medical seats, MBBS, PG. They are not giving for OBC. They are not even for the Supreme Court is not allowing. You know, next year or like that, they, in spite of government appealing, they have rejected that. Why they are going to again and again for a reservation for uh, MS, for postgraduate in medicine. They are not giving the, getting the opportunities. And only they were, you know, in fact, in Tamil Nadu people, they were from people from students from Tamil Nadu are not getting the opportunity to study in medical colleges in Tamil Nadu. Almost all the other people from North India, from social economic or upper class people only occupy those seats. And we are not given the chance. Do you see this as a problem with resources? If we had a million colleges with a million empty seats, uh, that that also they see engineers, engineers see recently that court ruled we are producing uh, only degree engineering degree holders, not true engineers. So, uh, so your opinion so, is so many so many engineering colleges started in Tamil Nadu, and they have the, the court. Uh, sarcastically commented, right. Tamil Nadu is producing only engineering degree holders, not perfect engineers. That was the comment. Right. So increasing also doesn't work the other way. Right. Some limited only, we have to, and competitiveness. See, you are telling that uh, from socially economic backward, socially backward classes, people can't uh, come up to this. So many people are uh, shined well in uh, this thing, the top positions in medical medical field, engineering field, everything now they have shined. So that poses two questions. Hmm. So it, it is a problem of quality over quantity and it is also a problem of how we are presenting opportunities. I, I have a fundamental uh, issue with how our testing systems work and how our Qualifiers are defined for how you uh, are able to apply and get admissions to colleges, be it engineering or medical. But with a country which is as large as India, you would need some level of competition or some level of defining who is eligible or ineligible for a college seat, let's say, be it engineering or medical or what, whatever. So how would we be able to produce our best engineers if we are discouraging them based on a system that is antiquated 
with the inclination of us providing a solution for a socio-economic problem. So in my opinion, let, let's take the US example again. So let's say in the Americas, uh, let's say in Michigan, there is a school in a good neighborhood and that has a higher ranking because of the amount of resources that's on the, 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 the taxes that is in that neighborhood that makes that school better. And there's a school in a poorer neighborhood and because of the lack of resources, the school is not performing as much. Wouldn't the government's role be more into diverting resources to that poor school rather than providing lesser opportunities for the people in the better school? They should do that. See, see many lower Nobel laureates have come up from famous universities in Massachusetts. The, the university has only produced maximum number of Nobel laureates, I feel, I, th I suppose. Right. So how that uh, university alone could produce Nobel laureates? Because resources were there, probably. Right. right. So I, I'm, I'm not talking... So again, this, uh, this kind of proves my point. So what I'm saying is the cream always rises to the top. Yes. Sure. And... It's all about giving them I, the I, basic I, I, opportunity what, of pursuing that education. I What I want to say is, cream is there in the socially backward class also, socially, economically backward people also. Right. Uh, they, they should try to bring them up. Right. For that only they are giving the char charts, they are giving reservation and all. And why is it, if, if, if they are satisfied, they should, not, they should uh, scrap the reservation as a whole. Right. Even for scheduled cars or OBC, they should scrap it and come from that. It will take some few, some five or ten years. They should give allowance and they should, they can scrap the whole thing and then they allow competition. By then, so for some at least this generation will have some basic education and they can come up from there. But start with, from there. With the way the Indian democracy is built up, I, I feel like. Uh, all politicians are inclined to not do the caste reservation system. I, I would say that a politician who wins on the basis of a certain caste would uh, be more inclined towards uh, increasing their... their uh, dividing only. Right. They, they would be inclined to divide the people by caste system only. Which, but hopefully they won't tell. They will uh, hide playing hide and seek. Right, yeah. which is, which is uh, I mean, I, I feel like you kind of made my point for me. So with that being said, why do we divide ourselves uh, as different castes, which is again antiquated, using the premise of a socio-economic uh, distinction based on the caste, when we know for a fact that, I mean, you just recognize right now that it is the politicians who are holding on to the caste system and they are using this guise as a socio-economic uh, recognition or identifier. My view is that, as I already told, it's it's a question of time only. Okay. Then, then uh, see, five or ten years maximum. They will give the reservation also originally, it was planned for some few few, period, few years only. Now, then only they extended or like that. Right. So, they, they have not achieved what they wanted to. Right. Uh, uplift the people also. It will they say some five or ten years, then they will everything will scrap the caste system will go and everything will come. It has been, it's more than sixty years since independence. Uh, yes, sixty years, seventy years. Seventy years <laughs> since independence. 70. 
and the argument for moving away from a reserve system has been around ever since i was born yeah because of the, the politicians politicians to play only uh, unless we have a major social reform as how the politicians in india sorry in tamil nadu did or if there is a ground up movement mm. from the people to the institutions that presents itself as a non identifying class mm-hmm. where every member of the society they should play moves away from societal barriers as uh, societal identifiers as caste or religion or race i feel like this system is going to manifest itself in one form or another but uh, now they i don't know how the present government present uh, ruling party is dividing started dividing again they are proving only they are they, they say hindu religion religious politics only they are playing i don't think they will immediately can do everything smoothly so in your opinion what's stopping an average citizen or an average indian to make that uh, conscious decision to move away from let's say a caste system because we've been talking about caste system yeah. what is causing a average indian to identify himself with the caste is it the privileges that have been uh, uh, provided to a certain underclass people or the pride that they have with a caste that they have been mm-hmm. born to for the pride that they have with the caste only they have surnames charma uh, rao all the they are not uh, removed their surnames no surnames are based on their caste only in north india at least in tamil nadu no surnames based on the castes Let, let's talk Where about that it? briefly because mm-hmm. i feel like uh, this is something that i have a conversation with a lot of people from north india or you know even mm-hmm. out of india first so, they should uh, take out their surnames right. based on the caste L- let's only dif- that society let's explain that a little better mm-hmm. no uh, please go ahead and explain that a little better how do we do things in south india how do we do things in tamil nadu mm-hmm. tamil nadu they have removed that uh, modiliar nayakar everything they have now removed they are not even the street names first they have, they have been surnames the streets where their names were with the surnames nayakar street or moliar street first they have removed those so the they street. removed the caste based street names street names yes the caste in the names in the the caste and uh, their names right. they have removed right if a so, street was named uh, as a certain uh, caste and uh, name they have removed that name and, yes it's just that the first, first name first moment there right so the like that only they have to remove then then they cannot identify who is who if he puts the caste only we we, we we can debate and we can support him or oppose him or whatever it may do if we no don't know his the caste openly then we the, the system what we anticipate what we expect will come come right uh, i totally agree and in tamil nadu uh, do you know who introduced this mgr okay mgr period they introduced he introduced only removed uh, all the names so some prominent politician from tamil nadu introduced this uh, uh, tradition mm-hmm. was this a ruling or was it just a social reform through speeches or through advice he said he was ruling that no no no, no. did he pass this as a rule or did he just talk about this and people started following because of their no no rule a rule they passed as a rule or a law so is it illegal to hold a caste name as your last name in tamil nadu not illegal caste name it's uh, they were removed voluntarily right. but streets names were removed as per the rule rule okay, okay. They, now they don't want to put the caste at all right 
we we never put, put no so what caused so there was a Because certain of the social reformation in tamil right, nadu right so what, what do you think caused that drive was it the push from the politicians why did the politicians have that push at that point and politicians now don't seem to have that push mm, that i can't answer clearly but uh, you know, the, that really was uh, helpful in tamil nadu tamil nadu is now number one state becoming right. all, but maybe that may be also be the reason right so tamil nadu is one of uh, the better performing better state pro- economically and socially yes and you feel that the, us moving away from a caste system yes. was a big contributor yes, to yes, this yes, yes so in that opinion i why won't i, I would say blow up that uh, you know theory let's make sure that no person in india identifies himself with the caste what is stopping a normal person from doing that Uh, if, let's say there is a very um, traditional neighborhood in a different state we should ask the present government only present ruling party they won't allow definitely that hinduism they are dividing and they won't allow they won't be accepting the removal of surnames and all right. they should it should come voluntarily from the, themselves okay for that some revolutionists from uh, some has to right. <laughs> will come up right okay so at that point uh, so you feel that most of the positive things that happened in tamil nadu is not really because of the people but it was because it was started by some revolutionary yes. politician yes. who was supported by the people and because of their adherence to his idea it helped tamil nadu at that point and it's keeping tamil nadu improve because of the fact that they moved yes, away yes, from the caste system they may tell for the, do some false claims that dravidian rule spoiled tamil nadu or like that for 50 years 70 years rule only for almost 50 years they have been uh, but it, it is not that uh, the, the, the tamil nadu stopped uh, first in uh, so many aspects mm-hmm. even uh, last week some they have charter given the given the chart what is dravidian week. talk to me about dravidian Dravidian means that uh, the uh, Dravidian property was started by Periyar, Iviyara, 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 Periyar. Then uh, they were following his uh, steps, uh, DMK uh, formed from DK. And uh, DADMK, is, uh, DMK was divided as DMK and DADMK. Though, though these three parties only Dravidian parties. So, so the former chief minister Periyar came up with this new classification mm-hmm. of dividing people from... No, uh, he pe- wanted to not divide, actually he wanted to scratch his casteism. Okay. He fought for that, okay. in fact. So the, in that way he wanted to raise the downtrodden people to the upper uh, level. Okay. For, the, that, the, for that cause only he wanted to scratch casteism. Right. So... so what i would call this as is identity politics hmm. so the the way identity politics works from an american perspective is um, people from people who are not white like hispanics or black americans tend to vote to democrat a democratic party or democratic representative mm-hmm. and white uh, affluent uh, members of the society lean, tend to lean right wing or republican mm-hmm. so identity politics is something that is inherently um, ingrained in how democracy functions in my opinion and with that being said how else uh, the incentive for the politician is to gather more people because it's about getting that one vote over the other party member and the way he accumulates this is by 
identifying uh, leaders with each cast member and tabulating how many votes each cast member can accumulate for his party yes is that not right so what kind uh, of perspective can we provide to these politicians that there is an incentive to move away from this caste system when it is apparently uh, it is very apparent that us moving away from a caste system would be something that would be uh, tremendously develop- developmental to a country uh, to a state like tamil nadu still people have that casteism in their mind and they vote for that caste only even though it is scrapped they politicians politicians start uh, fielding their candidates only based on the uh, population of the caste there the, that caste candidate only they will uh, even though they say they want to scratch uh, casteism and all they will field the candidate uh, who is having the maximum uh, caste uh from the caste to right. some caste representative yes. from the, the caste ca- based majority, on the population majority, of that region majority caste only they will field right. why they are doing like that only here even in education the educated us itself they are still democrats and they, 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 they democrat democrats means blacks right like that they they are also doing that so is that is that a problem with the society or is that a problem with the politicians i don't know how to remove this from the mind of the people basic people right. as long as they, they even though they have scratched their uh, dissing and caste names and even now they are fighting no they suppose uh, some scheduled caste people marrying that just above that backward class people they fight they are not in that level they are not even giving that and they fight that some so many murders so many this thing right. they say so there is a, so you feel that there is a inherent uh, declassification yeah, right. yeah, with at the back of yes, the general right. society so yeah. this is a problem with a society and how society, society aligns itself yeah. so even in tamil nadu it is way, way like this means you can imagine how in north india it will be they are still uh, they are following you know the yeah, scheduled caste people cannot walk in the uh, in front of this thing uh, they, they have to take uh, chapels in their hands and walk like that still there is something uh, untouchability is going on in north india still so where do you think so untouchability or the discrimination of the underprivileged is a problem and it is a problem that is defining itself because of the caste system which is another example of why we should move away from that caste system so I I had a example from one of my friends today he is from Andhra what he said was no because of the reservation system there are people from these underprivileged castes who are educating themselves who are accumulating enough resources amongst themselves and a few members of this caste came up with a business and they have developed their business for their caste I don't see how that is useful to a society even though Uh, these uh, members of a certain caste have developed themselves into an enterprise and moved away from a communist system to a capitalist system they are still catering to their own members of their own subclass and they are permeating this division of how we align ourselves to a caste system let's take that example that anecdotal example and move that to a classroom system in a classroom you do not see who 
your uh, you know your friend is or your classmate is you uh, you move with people you talk to people there's no reason why we have to discriminate based on caste because there's so many other reasons why i years back even we i I'm, i I'm, i was a school student in as uh, in 50s uh, 60s where there that time we don't uh, see any caste or like that we have moved so yes so closely with all right so with that being said i feel like the whole caste system argument kind of permeates itself and manifests itself because of the resources yes. let's say we have 100 people and all 100 members of that society have the same amount of resources and they have the same amount they, they they drive the same car they go to the same kind of house and they have the same uh, you know kind of partner and they have it's a homogeneous uh, group of people but they are they are divided by this caste system everybody has a last name everybody knows who their father and forefather was mm-hmm. everybody knows how their class system was in your opinion do you think this sub micro facet artificial hypothetical society would define itself by the rules of the caste system i can't say that unless that the people change their inherited quality okay <laughs> we can't say maybe 100 people are having the same resources both from others the mixed society they are having right. resources ways they are equal even then they will have in their back of their mind about their casteism will play i don't know how when it will go from their mind and when right uh, so see, even in tamil nadu as you told in andhra mm-hmm. see particular caste nadars nadars are business oriented only nadar community everywhere you see shops all the shops everywhere hotels are managed, managed by uh, nadars only they are, they are he, they bring the people from their place and they put them to work then he opens another shop like that they have spread that uh, wing and they are not number one see in tinagar ranganathan street is there for their purchase whole ranganathan street dominated by nada sorry like that it's going on so do you see it as a cultural problem or a uh, family background uh, why do you think that has manifested itself in today's society i don't know they they are more uh, conscious about uh, doing business and they want to earn money Why? maybe not us they want to earn money more money or they they think that business is the best way to earn money okay they all the yeah, all the business say, right. groceries jewelry textiles they are shining they right. all sarvana sarvana bhavan sarvana everywhere they are okay shining so you feel that that has manifested itself in today's society based on their family background or do you think that is because of how they are uh, perceived or how they are brought up so let's uh, let's break that up a little bit so family background also see sarada born means sarana hereditary also he is coming up as you told right mm-hmm. okay so the the problem with how i see that is irregardless of how people identify themselves society is going to identify them based on a caste and i feel like that is more of an indian problem than having a system where we point towards or, or we blame the society or your friend or the politician or the british empire or how the social media or 
other uh, news outlets amplify this problem, which is again one of the reasons why uh, I see this as a problem with every Indian and not with a Indian. And I cannot identify with this problem because to me it is abjectly abhorrent that people still follow the caste system or even talk about the caste system, which is one of the reasons why I uh, actively avoided this topic. But the reasons why I have identified it is also one of the reasons why India will never become a superpower. And with that, guys, that is the end of the first episode. Uh, I feel like we've touched on a certain topics that might be touchy to... One, one, one point. இந்தியாவுக்குவர் and what criteria that i see as a country with superpower would do uh and uh, to not i mean to, i don't want to leave you hanging until the next episode but uh, there is a inherent divide between how countries align themselves uh, the western civilization is a little different from the russian civilization which is, uh, the soviet civilization which is diff- little different from the japanese civilization which is a little different from the chinese civilization or the Uh, southeast asian civilization let's say philippines mexico sorry uh, philippines indonesia malaysia singapore and brazil the South, latin civilization and i feel very strongly that the indian civilization or the indian subcontinent in total let's say india bangladesh myanmar sri lanka pakistan when you see that as a society when you compare it to these other civilizations it is the state of all affairs mm-hmm. is very different mm-hmm. and very 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 uh, it's the comparison is uh, not uh, it, it's not a valid comparison because everyone did not start in the same line but uh, i i feel like uh, we can go into that a little bit deeper in the next episode i feel like uh, we've gotten off to a good start we've touched on a lot of topics so if you have any comments or any other issues that we you would like for us to talk about please post that in the comments below uh thank you for listening to our podcast i really appreciate it and uh, yeah, again if you had okay thank you thank you everyone pa